Welcome to what is a two-week message series called Truth and Lies. Now, coming in front of you, and I'm sitting today, but coming in front of you out, the, out here and preaching, it's a very humbling experience. It's also, it's also a time when there's a whole lot of privilege, but it's also a time when you need to think about what message we need to share with the people here. What message is God prompting to be upon my heart to share with the church? And it's an interesting experience to spend time in prayer, to spend time thinking about, praying about what message I should bring. Sometimes it comes incredibly easily. Sometimes the message from the Bible just springs up and goes, this is what I have to speak about. But other times God places on my heart something that is a bit heavier, a bit harder, and a bit more that takes a bit more from myself to bring it in front of you. As I think about this message, I want to actually say this. When I struggle to find out what message I should give to our church, and especially when we're online and we're live streaming, I often wonder why anybody would listen to me. It often starts speaking to my head about what have I got to say? What important things? What breadth? I'm not as good as some of these other preachers around the place. I'm not as smart as them, and it starts sitting into my head. And I wonder why. And yet there are times when I bring a message and I hear back from somebody that has spoken to their life, and I thank God that even through me, humble as it might be, that I'm able to share a message that God is able to use and speak through this. This message, which is split over two weeks, so I really encourage you to join in both weeks because it wraps itself up, not neatly in one week, but I want us to sit and struggle with the message that we're going to have this week and hear the culmination next week. This message comes out of times of hard knocks, Times of life that is not as wonderful as we'd like it to be. See, God has been prompting me to speak about what has been happening in my life. What are the things that have been going around in my head? This message is born out of me trying to understand my own frailty and my own shortcomings. To have a better understanding of myself and have a better understanding of God's action in my life. We're going to, over the two weeks, search what, it's, what it means not to let our negative thoughts rule over our lives and how to let the truth of the gospel, that is the good news of Jesus Christ, rewrite our negative thoughts. Now, some of you might be saying that my life is fine. I've got everything covered off. I've got it together. But I want to push into this topic a little bit for you. 
Because the thing is, when we think we've got it all together, so often there's something that's sitting just below the surface. You know, I often want to portray the fact that I've got it all together, that I know all the answers, everything's going well. But the reality is often that's not the case. That is the surface. And I think if we were to examine ourselves, we'd actually understand that, that that is the surface. And at times we have difficulty. We have thoughts that run in our heads. You know, these are the thoughts that happen. And let, let, let me be honest with you. These are the thoughts that happen um, when you're tired. These are the thoughts that happen when things haven't necessarily gone your way. They're the thoughts that stick in your brain and just swirl around. You know the ones that just sit there? And it's like an endless loop just goes around and around and around. They may be the thoughts that wake you up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Speaking of being woken up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I will share something from my life for you. So uh, many years ago, um, when uh, we were ministering in Broken Hill, uh, so that's quite a while back, um, we decided that when we went out to Broken Hill, we'd buy ourselves a four-wheel drive. You know, long story short, um, it ended up having some engine and mechanical failures. So we, with one of our trips back to Sydney, we actually decided that we would replace that car, that four-wheel drive, with a new four-wheel drive because we were driving around the outback and doing all those kind of things. And our family was growing. We had three young kids. And you know the thing about you've got to be able to fit three car seats in the back of a car? It's got to be big enough to be able to do that. And whenever we were driving from Broken Hill back to Sydney, it's, it's a reasonable distance, we wanted something we could actually pack up all of the things we needed to and head off and be able to cope with, you know, maybe hitting the occasional kangaroo on the road or all those kind of things. So we ended up stretching ourselves to buy this brand new big four-wheel drive. Wonderful car, loved it. But the thing is, I remember a period of time that we were preparing to leave Broken Hill, pack up the whole family so we've got a house that is starting to fill with boxes. We're thinking about a new ministry that's happening in Norellan and I was waking up every night like in a cold sweat, thinking, you are a fool, Simon. Why did you stretch yourself so much to buy this car? It's just a car. You're never going to be able to pay that off. And it kept on going around and around and around in my head. To the point it was going, it then morphed itself to going, you're a failure. How dare you think that you could run a church. How dare you think you could do these things? How dare you think you could have a family if you can't even figure out your own finances? They're the thoughts that run around. Now, on the surface, it may look like we're going okay, but in our brains, there are times, and I want to be honest with you, there are probably many times when our thoughts are negative, when our thoughts tell us the wrong things, when our thoughts take it as in the completely wrong direction and tell us that we can't do. See, the thing for us is most of our battles in our life are either won or lost in our minds. Most of our battles in our lives are either won or lost in our minds.
So as I said, I'm going to be really honest with you. This is not the only time that I've battled with negative thoughts taking over myself and struggling with what that means. I want to say it's probably, for most of us, an ongoing struggle. And this is why I wanted to share these two messages, because recently those negative thoughts have been whirling around in my head again and trying to tell me that you shouldn't even try. Here's the big reason for us that we need to actually capture those negative thoughts, lock them away, put them, change them. Because we actually move in the direction of our most potent thoughts. Let me say that again. We move in the direction of our most potent thoughts. This is a biblical principle, but it is also scientifically proven as well. If you go into the um, areas of psychology, you will actually find papers after papers talking about our minds will set the direction and the course that our lives will have. And our most potent thoughts, the ones that keep on speaking into our lives, will be the ones that will start changing the way we behave. See, these are the thoughts that hang around. These are the thoughts that were repeated in our head, the ones that drive us in a direction. I remember saying to the church, and especially the church council, it's interesting because one negative comment back requires about six positive comments to overcome that one. We're almost hardwired to listen to the negative. We need to change our thinking. We need to change our thoughts. But before I jump into the Bible and share with you some verses in the Bible to help us start into this process, I want us to pause for a moment. I want us to pause because I want us to be incredibly honest with ourselves. Get out a pen and a paper if you've got one. Open up the notes app on your, your phone, whatever it is that you, you'd use to make some notes for yourself. Don't just do it mentally, but write it down. Put it somewhere because what I want you to do is write down what are your negative thoughts that you have most often about yourself. What are the negative thoughts that you have most often about yourself? What is the one biggest thing? that you keep on saying to yourself. See, the thing is, the biggest hurdle that we have about changing our lives is about being honest with ourselves and admitting something is going on. 70% of the work that we have to do is admitting that there's something going on. Craig Rochelle in his book, Winning the War in Your Mind, and I'd encourage you to read that book. It's a brand new book. Um, read that book if you want to um, delve into what I'm talking about. It's, some of this message is, is coming out of that material from that book for you. But Craig Rochelle in that book, uh, Winning the War in Your Mind, suggests that we can actually do a thought audit. A thought audit. Has it taken into account the positive and the negative things that you are thinking about in your life, the things that you are doing, and what impact they actually have in your life? Our life tends to reflect the thoughts that we have. So think about it for a moment. If you think you can't do something, but you don't have the skills, you don't have the capacity, you're telling yourself, you can't do this. And guess what's going to happen? You're not even going to try. 
The opposite is also true. If you think that you've got the gifts, the skills, the ability to do something, guess what you're going to do? You're going to give it a go. It's important that our brain starts telling us these things. Our life tends to reflect the thoughts that we have. So I want to share with you a passage from Philippians. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. And here the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi and he's encouraging them to change the way they are behaving, to change their life. And here's what he says. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So this is his parting thoughts to them. One final thing. Fix your thoughts, notice that, fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting them into practice. All you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. See, Apostle Paul is telling us already here that our thoughts shape our lives. Think on the things that are positive, that are noble, that are wonderful, that are honourable, that are true, admirable. Our thoughts dictate our lives. See, not only that, but focus our thoughts on the truth of God. See, when our thoughts are positive, when our thoughts have the truth of God flowing through us, we are so much more easily able to put into practice the things that God teaches us, that God wants us to do in our lives. Our lives will be renewed and changed. God's peace will rest upon us. Paul puts it this way. He breaks it down this way. First of all, thought. He says, think about such things. Get your thoughts in order. Put them into the right frame. Change your thoughts if you have to change them. Think about such things. This then leads to the action. So our thoughts lead to our action. So we need to put this into practice. Not only just think about them, but put them into practice for ourselves. And as we're putting into practice the things that God has placed for us, then we will start to experience, that is it, thoughts lead to action. Action leads to our experience of God within our lives. For God's peace will be with you when your thoughts are thinking on the things of God's grace in our lives. Our actions will start to live out that grace for ourselves and we will know and experience the grace and peace of God within our lives. So we'll ask you this question. We'll ask you this question. Do you actually like the direction your thoughts are taking? It's a simple question. It's a powerful question. I hate to say this sadly, it's probably not a question that we ask ourselves too often. We get caught up in it. We don't take that time to reflect upon where our thoughts are leading us. We just let it take control of us and spin us out of, out of control often in our lives. 
So I want to ask you the question again. Do you actually like the direction of where your thoughts are taking you? See, John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, this is Jesus speaking here, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And as the New the NIV says, it actually says to have life and to have it in the full. To have a rich and satisfying life, to have life and to have it in the full. See, that's God's purpose for us. It's not to have thoughts that are negatively impacting us, pulling us apart, stopping us from doing what God wants us to do, stopping us from achieving what we possibly could. Those negative thoughts are pulling us back from God's purpose for our lives, God's purpose for each and every one of us. So the question is, for us, what are the lies that you are believing in? What are the lies that are being spoken in your thoughts, in your mind? What are you believing in? For me, this has been a journey of understanding. To actually start to name the lies that I believe in. That I've been believing about myself for, for many, many years. It's not something that we're proud of. It's not something that we want to necessarily name and tell other people. But we believe the lies ourselves and we start putting them into our lives and we start living them out. So as I start wrapping up today, as I said, this is the first part of our message, is to be honest, to be open, to ask the question, what? are the lies that we are believing in. Do that thought audit. I want to seriously encourage you to, to join with me over this next week in praying for those things that you wrote down. Those things that you have written that are negative, thoughts that sit in your brain that you may have had for years and years. Pray about them and ask God to speak the truth into your life over those thoughts. Let God speak truth into your life. Because we're going to hold all those negative thoughts captive and we're going to replace them with the gospel truth. If you're not ready to do that, I would still encourage you to come and join with us as we, as we listen and understand where, where God is speaking into our lives. But as I said, the first point of healing, the first point of change is to actually own the fact that something might not be right. This is the thing when we come into faith, when we actually say, I want to follow Jesus Christ, the first point of call is to realise that you have fallen short, that you have sinned. The first point of call is to own the fact that things aren't going well with you. It's the same when we think about our thoughts, when we think about our faith, when we think about where our life may be heading. 
And from there, we can let God declare the truth in our lives. We can let God speak into us. To put aside those lies and let the truth speak into each and every one of us. See, God does and God will transform your thinking. God does and God will transform your thinking. So I'm going to just end today with a short section from Paul's letter to the Romans. And it says this. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for me. So, so notice this. Paul is saying to the, to the church here, give your body, that, you know, everything, your whole self to God. This is actually something that we need to do. Surrender to God. Surrender everything that we have. Surrender our minds, surrender ourselves, surrender everything to God. Give it to God. Don't keep it for yourself. Give it to God for all that God has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. So let yourself be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship you. So if you really want to be worshipping God, honouring God, living your life as though God is present every single moment, give yourself all over to God. And he says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by what? By the way you, changing the way you think. Why does Paul say that about changing our behaviour, changing who we are, changing what we, what we have in front of us? The way we behave, we do it by changing the way we think. Thought, action, experience of God's grace within our lives. So Paul says that you will become a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. To let us know God's will for our lives. Let us know how God has changed and challenged us. Let us know how God has caused us to, to want to be different. Let me just pray with you right now. Lord God, you place hard things in front of us. You place difficult times. But Lord, you give us the resources. You give us the ability with your truth, your grace, your Holy Spirit living upon us, our lives can be changed and transformed and renewed. Lord, I just pray that today, that if people are struggling with negative thoughts, people are struggling with their life or what it means, that you will speak into their lives. And Lord, as we pray and seek what negative thoughts we are saying to ourselves, what things we are telling ourselves we can't do or we are not good enough, Lord, may you challenge us, may you correct us, may you make us know the truth of your love for us. May you make us know the purpose that we will have in your life, in your kingdom. Oh Lord God, may the blessing of God Almighty be upon us and remain with us always. Amen.